Hello, welcome to episode seven of To The Studio. We've got Francesca Blomfield on the podcast this week. Francesca is a former student of Chelsea College of Art and the Royal College of Art, both of which we talk about on the podcast. And she mainly works with painting, often involving text and overlay. She received the Gerwood Painting Fellowship in 2015, which allowed her to have touring shows in the UK between 2016 and 2017. Francesca's paintings render her designs in a baroque and excessive texture that compress the figure and ground of the graphic in a rapid and laboured exchange. The compositions become subverted friezes and they expand horizontally. And the process of applying paint in multiple layers both hides and redefines the text slash image objects in the paintings. Painting becomes a dissonant activity where there's a continual action of creation and destruction of surface and content. Drawing then becomes a place where Francesca reverses the physical build-up of paint in the paintings. Drawing reduces the graphic and she can deconstruct the joy and pleasure available to her through the creation of perverse, volumized marks in the paintings. Francesca considers the drawings, which are created from modular parts, to be like musical scores or architectural diagrams. Recent shows Francesca have included Warhammer at Barbican Arts Trust in London, You, Me and Everybody Else in One Room Gallery in London, Supernatural in Unit 17 in Vancouver in Canada, On and Off at Proyecto Medellin in Mexico City, and Some People Are Worth Melting For at Ginny Projects in Wales. I visited Francesca in a studio in central London and we discussed her emotional relationship with painting, her struggles with education, all the way through to a recent formative experience of hers in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. I had a really lovely evening catching up with Francesca and learning more about her and her practice and I hope you enjoy our chat. Hi Francesca. Hi Dave. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Good. How you, how you, yeah, how's your day been? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's been it's been all right. It's been quite busy. I was in the studio today doing some wood carving, and then had like a little interview for maybe like a little side job, mm. and then um, come back here to meet you, and then that's it. <laughs> well, thanks for giving me your evening. Really yeah, amazing. my pleasure. I'm so happy to be asked. <laughs> well, maybe we should start talking about then these these wood carvings because you said they're it's it's a new venture for you, right? It's a new yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I haven't been doing it for that long. Um, they sort of started out, um, I had to frame some drawings like mm. a few months ago when I was still at the RCA. Yeah. And um, and I didn't really want to frame them in sort of like formal framing. Yeah, right. So I was like, I want to make some of my own frames. Mm -hmm. And um, they were basically just surplus out of the wood bin. And um, they kind of like, yeah, three um, three by four timber yeah. stuck onto like discarded MDF boards, and um, and then I've carved into them, and they sort of they started off being quite organic sort of things, and more recently they're becoming much more structured, and the whole wood carving thing's expanding a bit more. So um, I've actually invested in some lime wood which is good, nice to carve into, and I'm um, making sort of objects now, and um, I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but I quite enjoy doing it. Yeah, they look great. They seem, it seems to me, even though it's new, it seems as though it's it's just a continuation of, in, in one way or another, to the kind of forms and things that are going on within the paintings. They're like a continuation of that. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they would be because because you're making them. But yeah, yeah, but I think sometimes, sometimes you can make stuff and it just feels like a different person's doing it. Yeah, right. But I feel like with this sort of certain things in my practice have come together and maybe at the right time. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, the sort of I think the drawing painting thing because mm. you draw and paint yeah, as well, yeah. and it's and like a lot of painters make drawings or sketches and stuff but I feel now that mm. the drawings that I make sort of balance the paintings like they operate much 
like differently to how I approach painting. Yeah. But they're still, I don't know, they're still exploring um, the stuff in between, basically. Okay. It's like mutual. Yeah. And they sort of help inform each other. And I think that the framing, um, obviously it's difficult because you can sort of just magnet drawings to the wall. Yeah. But I'm not so big on the glass anymore. And um, I don't know, I, I quite like that they're, they're all part of one piece with the frames. And that the, the frames are, yeah, part really as much about the work as mm. the like design or the drawing is. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned drawing and your relationship with that and your relationship with painting. Um, what kind of role do the, do, like, do the drawings play in, in the paintings or do you see them as kind of separate, separate entities, the drawings and the paintings, or is there crossover for you? Um, so the drawing, um, so the drawing is good because I think years ago, if you would have asked me like, you know, what would be my aspirations for like my practice, yeah. um, that shifted quite a lot and it's sort of gone, like I want, I want the work to, to be able to be made in all circumstances. Okay. So I started making them because um, I was a bit stuck in painting. And, um, and I hadn't really like done any kind of formal drawing for like a long, long time. And um, But I like people, like I like certain artists drawing. So mm. um, I was like thinking about it and they sort of developed out of that. Like now I use a different type of paper than I was using initially, like a year or two ago. Mm. Like, and, um, and they basically, they, they're quite designed. And um, I think that the motifs in the designs, they, they, they funnel into the paintings. So they almost have, you know, something, the build up of the color, the way that I approach it, because it's like the line and then they're very designed and then they're very formulated, but mm. then I'm not really making them in that kind of formulated way, even though they look like it. So mm. they're all kind of spontaneous, like they're all kind of automatic. And then I repeat certain bits um, in different rhythms in the drawings. And then with the colour stuff, like I, I quite enjoy the sort of stippled paper. Like I really like Surat drawings with that kind of, yeah, yeah like, it, like it becomes kind of blurred or something. You get different kind of tones and things um, with the sort of crossover of colours. And also like I just like colouring pencil drawings. Like I've always really, really liked that kind of art. Mm. Um, and I, I sort of like what you can do with limitation. I always have done. Um, so they, yeah, they do sit autonomously from the paintings. Mm. They're not. I don't see them as kind of like preliminary sketches. Okay. They're like their own thing, but obviously they do have a relationship with yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. So they inform each other in one way or another. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they like they have a relationship to each other because even sort of with the format of them, you know, like the paintings that I make are very horizontal yeah. and they're like stretched like a panorama yeah. and then the drawings are kind of like like long and high they become quite architectural yeah. um, but in a kind of they look I will think of them as like music or something you know like if a, a music note was bit like being pumped out on a roll of paper or something yeah. they become stretched upwards um, and so like that's kind of that with them and that sort of come about all accidentally really but yeah. I suppose everything is kind of an accident and then you just choose to do it again <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and in in terms of in terms of the design of the drawings you mentioned yeah you mentioned that that's something that you've kind of noticed happening maybe that they've that become more designed um yeah maybe you could talk about how you how you go about kind of starting off a drawing or how you go about designing um, is, is there the images. A, yeah is there a yeah. particular like motif maybe that you want to, to, to use yeah so I quite like um so for like a, a long time like I've been really into that maybe was not as apparent in older work that I made um, but I've always been really into kind of off symmetry like I like symmetry that is um, geometrical but yeah. it's not actually symmetrical when you take it closer look at it so like kind of art deco and like art nouveau stuff is a really good example of that obviously yeah. art nouveau is more mu much more curves um and more decoration so i'm probably like more into that stuff mm. but um i kind of um yeah i like 
So I will start off with like maybe like two or three components and then I'll sort of fit it together kind of like a puzzle as I'm going. Mm. And I don't know, they kind of just emerge like that. I don't know. Um, I guess that I come to it with different stuff that I can't yeah. always articulate. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, I kind of think that that's quite good. I think I've got a bit more comfortable with not necessarily articulating absolutely every thought yeah. that's in my head. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, because part of it, it loses power when it stops becoming a mystery. And um, But I suppose, like, some of the things in them, like, they kind of, like, the one we're looking at with the circles and the kind of, like, looks like an earring or jewellery or something, mm. like a ring, um, it kind of... And then inside it becomes kind of squidged. I think they're like bum holes, personally, and they're like an orifice. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like that sort of industrial image with mm. a quite a bodily thing. Mm. Um, and... Um, and yeah, and then the keys keep cropping up again and again. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I suppose they're quite sort of quite classic. Like a lot of people use keys and stuff. Um, more recently, I've been introducing like slightly more figurative elements. You can't see those, I've got those drawings like tucked away, but <laughs> they're, um, that's for like the next framed one that I finished. And they've kind of um, sort of, there's parts of like figurative things within that, like mm. human parts. Yeah. Uh, but they're not really human, they're kind of, I don't know, they're maybe a little bit... They're human, but they're not s sort of uh, realistic, Yeah. if you know what I mean, they're quite, yeah. So they're, So it seems that they're stylized. kind of designed to the point that you can become playful with them. So, so the design is kind of a structure in which, like a malleable kind of structure, would you say that's fair? Yeah, I would say that's fair, definitely. And, um, and yeah, I think they're quite peaceful, like, the um, I yeah, think they're the, yeah they're soft and the, but they're also really flat but then there is kind of like a strange depth to them um, yeah yeah um, I don't know how I don't know how I'd like hashtag categorize them but they're <laughs> like I don't know I, I enjoy making them and I think mm. that they're really helpful for the practice mm. yeah yeah people said all sorts about them I don't know people take different things don't they, they say, yeah oh, absolutely you no know, the flatness is like they'll be like oh it looks like a textile design or something mm. like that um mm. yeah maybe we could talk a little bit then about kind of where the subject matter might come from or I, I, what i wanted to ask you really mm. is that there's a lot of the titles of your work and a lot of like text that that, are, that arrives in the work has mm -hmm. kind of got kind of Point of a better word, medical kind of undertones like care, doctor, yeah, CO two, yeah, that kind of thing. And I was wondering if that comes from anywhere in particular, or whether that has just arrived naturally. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it is like it's definitely like a hook in the work. Like I think you know the fact is that I my paintings and my drawings and things that I make, they're not. I generally don't leave them untitled. I always give them something. Yeah. And also the, the titles come from the text in the work and that's something that's been going on for a long time but now mm. the text has sort of changed and now, so I suppose for the past few years or past couple of years there's been like recurring text. Um, so yeah, like there's Doctor Care that crops up in like different variations a lot. And I suppose the thing with the doctor is just, it's, you know, like the idea of a doctor is that there has to be a problem in order for a doctor to do their job, basically. Yeah. And um, and you, and I don't know. Like I, I've got sort of certain views on um, medical, um, medical treatments. Yeah. And um, its restrictions, but also it has a like really major role in society. So there's a few different levels to it. But I think the fact is that doctor, you know, it's like this kind of authority character, like um. Um, has a lot of knowledge about something it becomes yeah. like a knowledgeable character but then and also like then doctor care like care I think is a really important thing and it resonates with me kind of when I'm making work because I've, I've become much more careful about how I make paintings mm -hmm. and um, like my process of making painting is very long it's very slow mm. um, and it's like layers and layers and layers and 
um, yeah, and just like painting over and over again, it's kind of quite anxious. And um, but then care is like something, um, you know, the idea of like radical care, for instance, like a, a few artists that I can think of like work with that. And um, you know, but the fact is that care shouldn't really be a radical thing. Mm. You know, that's that's the kind of irony of it. That you know, in my view, um, this idea of radical care, well, it shouldn't be like that. You know, people should care for each other. Yeah. And, um, but they don't. No, they don't. No, often they don't. So I don't know. It's sort of stuff that sort of resonates with me on a personal level, and mm. um, and I suppose that's why it's in the work. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's I su the whole thing about making work for me has always really been about trying to put stuff together and work out what that's about, or yeah. you know, piece it together and. Mm. Yeah. 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 So paintings. <coughs> A little bit of an emotional activity for you then? Yeah, like usually. I feel like I relate to it on an emotional level, definitely. Mm. Mm. I don't really relate to it on a kind of any other level I can think of. I'm not sure what the other levels are, mm. um, why people do it. Um, I mean, it's obviously really restrictive because, you know, they're, they're not really, they're not overtly political works, but then I make them and I'm a political person, so I it's kind of like a strange relationship maybe parts of that will develop more in like future work but um yeah i'm not sort of planning like they as objects they won't save the world but um they get i don't know they give me in a, a space and activity i do need them yeah for sure yeah, yeah. so i don't know they are quite personal yeah mm. and I, I think i was like for a long time quite frightened about Per, like uh, having a or admitting to like a personal relationship with them yeah. because it's a vulnerability and um and it means a lot to me so if I was to reveal that in the work yeah. or to like focus that in the work that it would be like you know it took me a while to get there basically yeah I went through a few different avenues yeah and sure. then ended up at the place that I probably started in. yeah yeah because yeah. um, I I can relate to that too, um, the vulnerability thing. And after a while, I guess, you start to realise that there's a lot of power in that vulnerability. Um, and that to uh, to enable that within yourself is quite a, it's quite a relief. And you're like, no, I, you know, I don't have to know the reasons for everything, for instance. Or yes, this can be just an emotional activity and that's okay, it's not a dirty word. Mm. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess what I want to ask you is kind of, was there anything that kind of, was there anything in particular that made you allow that into the work again, that, that kind of vulnerability or that emotional element? Was there like anything that kind of mm. happened you thought, no, actually, no, I'm going to do it, that's okay, or was it more gradual? I think it was kind of gradual, but also I think when I made the decision to study on my master's, I'd sort of hit a bit of a brick wall in terms yeah. of, there was, it felt like there was a level in the work that I was unable to access and I found that really, really frustrating because at the time when I was making older work, there was like, you know, it's constantly the work is revealing to you. That's how I, that's how I understand yeah. it. The work will mm. constantly reveal to me what I need to know at that given time. Mm. And, but it did feel a bit like there was a sort of layer where I'd come to a bit of a crossroads with stuff and, and I was also sort of evaluating about I guess what I find meaningful when I look at art or what like I appreciate art because I do appreciate it certain things and um and it's sort of and also the purpose of it like what is my relationship to it and what is the purpose of me making paintings and yeah. I think that that's something that happens over and over again definitely when I talk to people who have been doing it way longer than I have that seems to be something that comes up and I think that that's a good thing because it means you're like thinking about it and it's developing mm. rather than just sort of like making a kind of product that's like gonna be like into the market and then just like exist as that never changing mm. for the risk it might lose value do you know what I mean yeah. like that is you know that is not enough for me no. so I think that that coming to that realization that you know, doing something that people like is not necessarily enough. No. It has to be about a sort of deeper thing. And mm. and I just, yeah, just sort of had this real yearning to get deep with it, basically. And I, it sort of coincided. I was like, I started doing, um, 
I started, I was like, you know, when it sort of hit this point where it's things started to come together in the second year of um, my MA, mm. um, it was it was around the time that I started a new therapy, and I think that's kind of maybe in between, like maybe that's kind of yeah has something to do with it or something I don't know like learning you know you develop as a person so you're what you know if you're changing as a person then your work's probably going to change quite a lot as well but I don't feel like it was a massive jump I feel like it was on the way to the point that it kind of is now and um and I kind of feel like the point that it got to was kind of good because it allowed for like more branches and stuff like the work started to shift and stuff without it ha- being a different person's work going mm. back to what we were talking about earlier mm. so yeah yeah I mean who knows really but um yeah <laughs> I think I'm like I've got like I feel like it's in the the, the work's in a kind of it's in a good place like yeah. in terms of the base feels quite strong mm. um and I still feel excited and it's still mysterious so that's good for me because I like that Mm. you know when you're just making the same thing over and over again and you're just looking looking it's like if you keep doing that long enough eventually it's gonna like break which is good and then you can get Mm. through it yeah right yeah so yeah you mentioned obviously studying at the RCA do you feel like that was your experience a positive one studying there then did it help you did it like facilitate you to kind of free up a lot of things in the work that you wanted to yeah in that respect yeah, I think so. I think it gave me a lot. It gave me like sort of like a focus. I don't know if it was the place that gave me the focus, or it was the people that gave me, or me just being in a different environment gave me this like different focus. And it mm. was, um, and I just felt like while I was there, I was, you know, when I've got there, I was just like really looking for something. And um, and I don't know. There was like a few clicks. There was a lot of disasters, and then a few clicks. Yeah. And then um, and then the clicks sort of gave way to this sort of more recent work that I've been doing. Mm. Um. It sort of made me think a lot about like consistency in making work, like mm. in terms of like building something that's consistent and like also nourishing for itself. Yeah. Um. Like, I guess, yeah, sort of speaking to lots of people, it's very intense, you know what it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's really, really intense. Yeah. So, I think, yeah. And I, I think, I'm glad that I went there when I did, because I'd had a few years out mm. of, like, an art school environment, and I sort of, in that time, developed a kind of identity, or, like, the beginnings of, like, an artistic ident- yeah. identity. and. Um, yeah, I think I'm glad that I waited. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was it was definitely really needed to wait. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I th- I I I would agree. Yeah, I I felt like especially the time between my BA and my 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 MA was um yeah was was crucial really, um and I felt yeah the same as you that I got to a point where. I felt like it was really needed. It wasn't something that I owned. I I just wanted to do. It was something that I felt was essential. Mm. If I if I tried to push the work on, mm. it was essential. Um, yeah, and it's something we've talked about on the podcast before about being in that melting pot of all those ideas and different people and all that different energy and that kind of yeah, and the kind of uh, the agreements, the disagreements, and all of that. It really helps, kind of. Well, it can help. It definitely uh, it definitely forces you to question. A lot. Yeah. And sometimes it, you come out the other side. I think always better, but sometimes it takes a while for you to really um, make sense of it all. Well, definitely. <laughs> like I don't think I'm anywhere near like making sense of some of the conversations that I had over that time, or like mm. the chain trains of thought that I had. Um, yeah, mm. it's definitely like the process of it. But I'm I'm like I'm glad to kind of be finished. I think I couldn't have. Just the environment yeah. of being, you know, it's kind of really intense. Mm. Um, I couldn't have done longer than two years there. I no. don't think. Even though I had a really good time, mm. I think that it's, um, yeah, it's just the intensity. And I'm actually, I was so nervous about going there because I'm really a bit lonely. So, mm. like, you know, when I'm with my work, like, I, you know, I, I like to be kind of, 
by myself or I like to be in a you know in a safe environment that I'm used to so it was kind of it was probably quite a good thing to be out of my comfort zone to be honest with you I think it did me a lot of good but yeah it's sort of time to kind of yeah carry on basically and like put stuff together yeah because I think an, an environment like that doesn't necessarily cater for work like you make that's quite slowly built and um yeah, that is is developed over time, mm. and that might reveal itself over time. It's quite a, yeah, as you said, it's it's really intense from the get go, and there's like you know, there's lots of deadlines and there's lots of things to work towards, and um, obviously like there's like people on the course that do really like you know they kind of rock it up and mm. they get really you know they they're doing great things and you feel like you might be getting left behind or whatever, mm. um, and it's a really fast paced environment like you say, um, so yeah, it's it's um. It, it can be difficult to kind of stick to your guns and make that kind of slow revealing work that you do. Um, and you mentioned a bit earlier actually in, in the paintings about it, about, actually no, not about the paintings, but you mentioned Surat and you liking that kind of, that way of drawing, that way of making. Yeah, I just um, think I like drawing a lot and mm. I like works on paper a lot. Mm. And I think that um, I've got this theory about paper, the people that work with paper a bit off key. <laughs> And, um, and uh, for my side job, I work in a bookshop, yeah. and like it's, it's second-hand bookshop. It's, it's called Scoop Books. Yeah. It's legendary. Yeah. I really believe in that place. Yeah, plug it. It's very plug it. important. Where is and it? I do, it's in the Brunswick Centre. Okay. And um, yeah, I haven't got a pre. I haven't got a press line for it. But <laughs> it's, right. it's cool, and like a lot of a lot of people like know about that place. Been going since the seventies, and um, I think it, there's not a lot of places in London kind of left have a sort of level of integrity about them and I think no. that's one of the places um but yeah I kind of say so theory about paper that basically people that work with paper on some level are a bit off key <laughs> and then the, I heard this thing once I can't remember what it was on like a YouTube comedy show or something and it was like oh um what do you do oh yeah work with paper and then you just know it's like the kind of like code word <laughs> yeah. for like maybe a bit of eccentricity or maybe like a little bit of anxiety about the world because <laughs> I don't know like I, when I was like a teenager I used to work in um like for cash, I used to, which I'm sure is like totally illegal, so I won't mention where I used to work. But um, yeah, I was like 13, 14, and like in the summer summer months, like I used to sometimes get a bit of cash work, like mm-hmm. collating for them in the in the in the print factory or working in the silk screen. Yeah. Um, with the guy that does, was like an amazing silk screen technician. Mm. And they all worked with paper, and they were all completely bonkers, like really eccentric. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know if it was the fumes or the paper, but yeah, it's like definitely a thing. And yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe that's why I like gravitate towards paper because on some level I'm probably a little bit off key and don't quite fit into society like <laughs> nicely and like yeah. snug fit. But yeah, I don't know. And so, um, and also, yeah, I just kind of like it. I think, um, you know, I don't, the thing is I don't make my own papers, but I do appreciate nice paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned obviously working, working in that, in that, in the paper shop. Would you say that was? Would, you, would your interest in art start a bit before that, or what, or was it around? Can you remember when, when it all started? Or you've always just been interested in it? In I'm a bit of a doer. Like mm. I'm one of the ways that I've like because I've always had. I think I've always had the anxiety. I have always had anxiety. I was kind of like a bit tripped out by life when I was a kid, and like. Um, yeah, I was like, I was a bit confused by everything and I didn't really fit in and I didn't really go to school when I was quite young. Like, um, my mum in a way is like kind of a bit hip. I don't know, had, she's not a hippie, but she had quite hippie attitudes towards stuff for various reasons. So she didn't think it was necessarily like important to send us to school. <laughs> yeah. So like, and I didn't really like school when I was younger. I really hated it. Like, I really struggled with reading and writing and people would tell me to do stuff and I didn't like it because I'm just like really defiant and um, I just didn't really understand why I was there like Mm. nothing really made sense but I always really liked making stuff and I was quite creative and I don't know even like when I was a kid like not just like drawing and stuff like when I think about it there was like sort of levels of creativity which I kind of wish that I could harness now like used to live on this estate in Watford and there was like a little crew of us when we were kids and there was like a lot of it I won't go into that bit but there was a lot of empty houses and then we'll move past that part but there was also like a lot of um refuge out like Mm. kind of rubbish like bits of sinks and kind of um 
yeah, like bits of baths and like beds and stuff, and we mm. like make little dens around the estate. Yeah. And then we get told off by everyone, like some nosy neighbour going, like, what are you doing? Get out of my garden. And um, But when I think about it now, like, that was probably maybe where it started, where I was, you know, it was like engaging with, like engaging with stuff. Yeah. And like making something, making a little world. Mm. Because, like, I wasn't really aware of it, but the world that we live in is not particularly kind. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's sort of something quite instinctive about that to kind of make something because you want to make it nice or you want to make it better or you want to make it comfortable. Mm. And um, and I guess maybe that is actually probably where it started rather than school. Mm. But then obviously then you go to school and stuff, you do art classes and I always did enjoy like art lessons yeah. much more than say maths or, which I was not very good at. No. Yeah. No. Luckily I can add up these things, yeah. so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so when when came the decision? Did you go to Chelsea straight after straight after school? You went to, to, to do so your I, went, I went to school and then I relocated back to Hackney, where I was originally from. Mm. And um, I was gonna do, I was gonna go and do like an, a found, not foundation. What's it called? It was like this kind of course where you didn't have to like go and do your A levels. Oh, um, I can't remember what they're called, but it was like this sort of like a bit like a foundation, but it meant you didn't have to do your A levels. Was, was it? Do was that. it two year thing? Two year thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah I can't yeah. remember what they're called anymore. Is it national diploma? Yeah, like a diploma. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna go and do that, and then um, and then. I it sort of like stuff to do in my living situation wasn't particularly good so I ended up back in Hackney and I ended up at um, a sixth form college doing A-levels and I wasn't really too bothered about the other A-levels but I liked art and like I was I was kind of like into it like in quite a big way mm. and um, and I don't know I just trusted my instinct on it and kind of like my teachers and stuff were like oh you know you're a bit spiking, you don't like being told what to do, like you need to make sure you listen, so you know, all the rest of it. Yeah. I was just running a theme really for me, <laughs> just like shut up and listen, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. And then I went to go and do my foundation after that. Mm. And then, um, cause I didn't really want to do a foundation. Oh yeah, cause I didn't really, um, I was like on benefits at the time, cause mm. I was like living on my own, like, cause I was like an independent. Mm. and. Um, and, um, How old were you then? Like, I was like 17, when well, mm. I was doing my foundation, I applied for my, yeah, 17 by that point, so just mm. before I was 18. Mm. And um, and then, yeah, I can't really remember, it's all a bit of a blur to be honest with you, but yeah, I ended up doing a foundation, ended up going to Chelsea, didn't go and look at Chelsea, just applied, like, yeah. oh, I'll go there. Did, did you want to stay in London then? That yeah, because I kind of I didn't really know where else to, to go. go. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I kind of felt like because I was always working, so I was like able to make money here. Mm. So like I knew how to make money and survive here, so I just stayed here. And so it was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, and then then I did my degree. What kind of work were you? Were you uh, were you just straight painting? Um, on my degree one. no I th I'm sure I did some other stuff I don't really remember lots of it which is like really bad on my memory I'm making dents yeah it's <laughs> like I was making dents no I was like I really wanted to be a painter I was like I really admired painting and I really felt a deep connection to painting and I and I didn't have I think my taste was a bit like not fashionable like in painting mm. like the painting yeah. that I liked Everyone was like, well, why do you like that? And I couldn't really explain why I like that. Remember what, what it was? No, but I didn't even know who Duchamp was. Like, I was really fucked when <laughs> I think about it. Like, I was just, I sort of just... But I think that's natural. Yeah, I don't know, but some people are quite whiz. Like, um, maybe I wasn't reading enough about stuff, but I just liked, I liked certain things and I didn't know why I liked it. Mm. But I just liked it, and um, and then I was making paintings that were just like totally all over the place. Like one month, I think I was like painting, like trying to paint like Goya, and then the next month I was trying to make like Ellsworth Kelly, like hard edge paintings. Yeah, yeah. And there was like, I was just kind of like, I just don't really know who I am. Just following nose a bit, yeah. Yeah, I just this is what I like. I like all the, this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, and some of those like tasting painters like, I've really fallen away like some painters that I'm like I can't believe I like them or like their work well not them personally but like <laughs> I like their work or like I thought that that was amazing and then you know new th new loves come in don't yeah, they and they, they, they do. sort of change mm. um 
But yeah, it was kind of strange at Chelsea because it was quite conceptual. And I like um, I met a really, really great bunch of people there who had like lots of different experiences in life and um, had come from different like backgrounds. It was very mixed, and yeah. I really, really um, am so grateful for that actually because I'm still friends with them now, and um, and they're amazing artists. And you know, most of them I think are still making work and have like really strong practices and everything. Um, and yeah, but it was strange because I was kind of, I felt a bit, there was a few other painters there, but I did feel a bit like, then I did get told repeatedly to stop painting. <laughs> like it was not good, stop. And um, and I'm really defiant. And I said, no. Yeah, too right. I'm not a filmmaker, I'm a painter. Yeah, too right. Too and, um, right. and it was kind of, and I'm really glad. I think that there's this thing that I've got where, I don't know, because of various situations when I was younger, didn't really have a voice and kind yeah. of, felt like I was kind of really having to fight for myself and fight for my corner mm. and I'm really glad in a way that I had those experiences because I think they've helped a lot in sort of developing my own instincts around things yeah sometimes they can be so off it's unreal mm. but sometimes, sometimes they're on most of the time they're right yeah yeah I don't know yeah I just believed in it I don't know mm. yeah that's yeah. a special thing because I think especially you know so you're quite impressionable at that age or, or you can be um, when you just first start studying, well, first start studying in the arts, you just start making artwork, and to have, yeah, and to have people who you kind of might revere as being like professionals in in this, yeah, in the arts or whatever, for them to then say, oh no, you shouldn't be painting, you should be doing something else. Yeah, it actually takes a lot at that age to think, no, actually, I believe in this this much, and it means this much to me. Yeah. I'm going to continue doing it. Um, yeah, it wasn't so. It wasn't, when I think about it, it wasn't. The three years wasn't quite as fairy tale as that. It was quite disrupted. But, mm. however, I would say <laughs> that the spark was still there in it. Yeah. And I think the spark's quite important. Mm. That little thing that's, like, kind of annoying, but also, like, really into it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you continue to make... Did you, yeah, continue to make paintings after after Chelsea? Did we, was it just a continuation? Yeah, remember? so... Um, I had, yeah, so I had the studio straight after and stuff was, like, not really good with me. So, like, mm. I don't know, I went through some stuff with that. Mm. And then I was doing, like, bits and bobs and I was always, like, working, like, on and off and I'd be working for, like, people. And some of those, like, working with people have been really, like, those relationships have been fostered and actually, I think, really helped me become more involved in art. And um, yeah, I don't know, it was kind of like a bit of a strange time in my life generally, not because I'd finished my degree, yeah. but just because sometimes yeah. stuff comes up. Yeah, right. And um, and then, yeah, and then I, and then I didn't have a studio for a bit and then I got a new studio and then I found it tough and, um, and yeah, it was just sort of a bit all over the place, but then I applied for this thing in like 2015 which was quite life-changing so then I applied for this fellowship in mm. painting through the Jerwood and that gave me some um that gave me some money which I actually really needed um to like seriously like focus in on doing it seriously um doing the painting seriously doing the studio seriously I was serious before but like I like needed that space so yeah. desperately yeah and um and it was a really really interesting experience like being with the other people like Archie and Dale like really think they're wonderful and um so what what, what is yeah. the what is the fellowship so it gives you so it, I don't know they do like other ones because I think they're because they're a charitable organization they sort yeah. of have like this pot of money and then it go they put it into different arts things mm -hmm. and I don't know if they're still running the fellowship but I think for the for like a few years they did this thing called the German Painting Fellowship and it was for free painters. And you apply with like a portfolio and then you get mentorship and you also get quite a lot of money to like basically keep you survived. Great. Um, which is what it's you in, sort of in, need It's actually. invaluable that, yeah, those, those, yeah. Those. Yeah, because it's not really about the money but the money like gives you access to the time. Yeah, exactly. And like I really needed to just be in the studio all the time yeah. just like painting and yeah. like working stuff out and then it gives you like, you get a show at the, sh at the space in London and it goes on tour so that was like really, really amazing. I'd never shown in like, like 
you know, kind of like a really big institutional mm. setting like that. Mm. It was like, yeah, it was kind of quite strange. I don't know. I was quite scared because I thought yeah. like, you know, I was, when I think about it, I was quite young, really. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was just quite a lot. But then it was also really amazing. And then I think it was that point when I was like, oh, this is serious. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is what, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of quite insane because then you just everything else just kind of comes together so you can do that. Mm. Mm. Was that would you say that was a, that was a turning point for you then? That was when you kind of think, Yeah, I think that was one of them. I think I needed that turning point and um and I'm really really grateful for that opportunity to do that. Mm. Um and I kind of think that there's um it made it gave me time to sort of make paintings. In a, in a different way that I'd ever made paintings before, in quite like serious, focused way. Yeah. Because I feel like I was always, you know, a couple of years before I was kind of focused on it, but it was it was just different. There was sort of a different thing around it. Mm. Mm. Um, I think it's taken me a long time to just not be like hiding. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just feel like I've got a bit of a tendency to be like, oh, can't yeah can't show that bit can't show this bit and mm. i think that it's all right to like actually show all of ourselves yeah um it's just it, i don't know yeah mm. it's a weird thing but it's hard to it's hard to, it's really hard to get to that point i think yeah it's absolutely terrifying it's terrifying yeah it is it is and um and also it, i don't know because as well that we came with this mentorship so you you know it was like i'd have meetings with um, another painter called Phoebe Unwin who's like a really really incredible painter oh, yeah. like wonderful painter and like yeah. an amazing person and she was like really really helpful like to talk to about stuff because um, it's not like a teacher and it's you know and I didn't know I wasn't friends with her before so it's kind of like a different mm-hmm. type of relationship yeah. um, but she just like knows so much about colour and about painting and about putting paintings together and you know, lots of experience there. And I didn't have that kind of experience, so I kind of feel like I gained quite a lot of insight into stuff through her and also, like, through the other artists that I was doing it with. Because mm. we'd, like, meet up quite a lot and, like, yeah. chat about painting, go to each other's studios and stuff. Mm. And, um, and yeah, and I don't know, that period was kind of, like, it wasn't just that as well, because I was, like, starting to meet other painters that were like felt about painting the way I felt about painting yeah. and that was kind of yeah that was really exciting um yeah mm. so it's, would you say it's a bit of like a not a validation it's probably the wrong word but something like that to, to that kind of puts that kind of put that flag down you're just like no this is this I, this means so much to me and I've met people now who feel the same it's like I I am allowed to do this because this isn't just this weird thing that I do. It's like a, this is like this is the thing that actually matters and yeah. it is the, it is something that's essential. It's not just me who feels like that. It's yeah, it's kind of like a quite a strange thing because I get sort of turnings on turnings on perspective on painting and like it's, and I don't know. I go like really extreme with it, but it's a bit inexplicable I'm not sure what it's about really but I just I am definitely really into it and that doesn't seem to be ever changing in fact Mm. it seems to be constantly like deepening Mm. the more I invest of myself in it yeah you know it like kind of returns but also it's deeply frustrating makes me angry and incredibly sad sometimes so I don't know it's really (laughs) weird it's like weird to have a relationship with painting or like your relationship to your work Mm. um yeah, I think it's quite, it's quite a deep thing. You can't really explain it. I don't know. No, no, for sure. Because it's not a sure. person. Do you know what I mean? No. And it's also like an object that you sort of basically, you know, your hope for it is that it will one day go out into the world and somebody will see it, mm. and somebody might even like it, or some one might even like get something out of it, mm. and. It's kind of the whole thing is a bit of a strange thing. It's I think. Bizarre. Yeah, it's just you know humans are really odd, but then it's a really deeply human activity. Like you know, as old as like kind of caves and like yeah, you know, 
to do that. Yeah, and somehow painting allows you to make sense of, of, all, of all that stuff in one way or another. Yeah, it's kind of, it's an activity that I do, mm. yeah. Mm. Maybe mm. like a buffer. I need a buffer between me and the world and it's painting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's or oh, it's like kind of like a mixing pot. That's that's how I've like a that's when I've when when I've seen your work. Mm. It's um it seems as though that what you mentioned earlier about that slow making definitely comes through. And I was actually going to reference like like pointillist kind of application of of, of paint. There's this real slow, gradual build. Um and yeah, and I was going to say that it seems like you feed a lot into these paintings. There's a lot in there. Like the one I'm looking at now, there's there's pattern there. There's kind of things that could be references to something a bit tribal. And then these like frogs come out at you mm. and then they recede. And then there's some text that comes up and then you're intrigued by that. And it's uh, it's the paintings have such a push and a pull and there's and they reward slow looking. There's, there's things that really advance out and recede back. And there's, yeah, and you can sense, you can sense the time in them. Yeah, I don't know, they're a bit of a mashup, I think, yeah. things. And um, like, obviously they're not, you know, I don't, my approach to them is I don't paint from out the outside world. Like they're very much the work, so it, the work is becoming like about an internal conversation or yeah. like an internal world. Yeah. And um, so I'm not sure, and like there's, kind of aesthetic things which people pick up on and I mentioned like Art Nouveau earlier yeah. but like to be honest with you it's kind of like self-feeding and yeah. that's something that I'd wanted in the work for like a really long time yeah. but wasn't really brave enough to do it like I wasn't brave enough in my ability to kind of execute that because I didn't know what it would look like and also I wasn't really brave enough to you know to say because it's like sometimes you get really clever painters. Like I like I quite like some clever painters. Do you mm. know what I mean? I think yeah. they're really genius. They're like doing all this stuff. But then I actually wanted the work. I felt like the work that I was making had become a little bit overcomplicated, and in it, it had become kind of too distant from me. Yeah. And I didn't really know what the what the work should look like. So then I just started doing stuff, and I started doing stuff in a really kind of like un. Um, What's the word like? Un, you know, when um, unrestricted. Unrestricted or like um, you know, where you where you're worried about being watched. You know that. Oh. You know yeah. what I mean. Anyway, that yeah. word that we've now described. Yeah. <laughs> so like um, so it just sort of started coming, and then it you know, and it felt so new because there'd been so there'd been so much other stuff yeah, that yeah. it just sipped away and then it became kind of a little bit more like much more specific mm. really narrow and it like came from a place that no one else knew yeah yeah, yeah. and that was the most important thing that was coming from a place that no one else knew and that felt like a real challenge to try and build something out of that mm. and um so i don't know like yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure. So I try for the like because you obviously mentioned like pointillism because I'm not. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm that, not really an impressionist painter, but I get no, what you're. No, for sure. But, then, but I appreciate. I in terms appreciate of just the, the, the consistency and in application, that's what I thought I was referencing. Yeah. Not definitely not like the subject matter or anything like that. Or if it, it was more, there's a consistency. No, because I'm thinking about it now, and then I did. There was a summer where I saw. I went to France, and I went to see maybe just before I started making these and I went to the Dorsey for the first time I'd never mm. been in my life and it was like I can't even tell you it was like I'm almost crying just thinking about it like I have never seen those paintings in real life and it was just like like some of there was like this room where all the Monets are and there was this like Monet painting of a church and it was just like the like texture of the paint was so heavy yeah. that it was like I don't even know what that is. Like that is painting, but like mm. it's also something else. It's also matter. It's also it's just so heavy. Like mm. there was just so much life in it, and I couldn't believe it was like this. You know, this old painting that you know gets shipped out on people's like aprons, aprons, <laughs> tea cloths. You know, it was it was really strange, and I think that was the first time that I'd actually seen a painting like kind of operate in that kind of way mm. it was really a really really strange thing and um 
and there was a lot of other paintings there as well that I felt like an affinity to or that I was really super like intrigued and interested by so I think that that sort of decision so then you know with this paint application thing yeah. I was like I don't want to make quick painting no I'm not a quick person life is not quick no <laughs> goes no. quite fast but it's not quick yeah. do you know what I mean like yeah. nothing is quick so no. I suppose like in some ways that decision was also like alongside a decision about how I wanted to make art or like how I wanted to make work and I didn't really want to make work for other people I wanted to make work for myself yeah. and that was me being defiant because yeah. it's like because I've always worked and um, and sort of like you know there's this thing about kind of my relationship to labour about you know you've got a clock in this time clock in yeah. that time and stuff and I didn't want to I didn't want my work to be about making this product and I wanted the work to be about this kind of process basically and um and on my terms yeah. and so like, I wanted to kind of with it I suppose I like, take back the terms of labour do you know what I mean but mm. it's kind of contradiction because it actually takes me a really really long time and I'm there when I'm hungry I'm there when I'm tired I'm there when I'm ill do you know what I mean yeah. making it yeah so I don't know Seeing those Monets must have been mad, because you, 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 you can kind of, you can kind of sense that in the work. When did you say that you saw those for the first time? I can't remember. It was like before I went to the RCA, so it must have been maybe that summer before. Was it, to find before. it quite a form, like it was quite formative then. It just the Dorsey. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was unreal. Mm. Like I didn't spend hard, like I haven't been back since. So I want to go back and just spend like two days there. Mm. Um, but sort of that collection of painting is like really just there just like yeah. there yeah mm. it's just like stuff that I really like mm. um, yeah 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 and it's like extraordinary in real life because you don't that's what I was like really shocked by it because there were paintings there that I'd seen in books that I'd never seen in real life mm. and obviously there's like Monet's in the National Gallery do you mm. know what I mean it's not like mm. I've never seen a Monet but it was just like that collection or some, something about it sort of going there and I was with a friend who's also a painter and we sort of spent some time there and it was just really beautiful it was really made a really big impression on me yeah yeah that's wonderful really well yeah such a well yeah what an experience that must have been Man. yeah quite this dreamy place I think and why, why why do you think it was so hard for you to um to decide to make work for yourself um, because I don't think that I come from a place where that you do anything for yourself, you just sort of survive it. Mm. And um, yeah. we've got a bit of a shout out going. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I just don't think. Um, I don't. I think it's maybe stuff about probably my relationship with myself, or like what I think is the right thing to do, or you know, I don't know. I just think. Is it because maybe you you mentioned you mentioned sure. you mentioned the labour side of things and you work in other people such a lot? Yeah. Do you reckon you just get kind of ingrained in that way of doing things that you everything's for someone else, even though you're working for yeah. you to make money and stuff? I mean, I'm quite, I've like got a, quite extreme political views about work, but like I won't go into that now because um, I don't know. Some people get offended by it, but it's basically I think that. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. I've just got I've just seen a lot of like disparity in my life about you know the consequences of kind of what certain labour systems do to people, yeah, yeah. and I just think it's really violent. Mm. But it's also like you know there's this idea like when I was a teenager and I could only dream of going to art school and I was told I was laughed at that I said that I wanted to go to art school by my school that like I had this careers day and he went in and go what do you want to do and I was like I want to go to art school and they're like no but what do you really want to do yeah, do you know can, what I mean yeah, I it was, it's just like and I think you know there's a certain point in society the way that society looks at the arts and like you know that. I think it's some when people do it. I saw this. I went to this museum the other day. Well, it's not a museum. It's basically somebody's house, and they're trying to save it. And there's different views on that. But it's called Jerry's Pompeii. Yeah, yeah. And like Jerry was a gardener, and Jerry made this world, and he made this work for himself. And I think that. And it's I, and it's it's in his house. It's in his flat. Right? It's in his flat. It's and, really, he's, and he's constructed this kind yeah. of. 
It's quite um, out of, is it out of clay and it's is it paint or is it? I think it's bits of wood. He's made it out of all sorts. The statues in the garden of Jerry's Pompeii in West yeah. London, yeah. they're made out of cast concrete, which is actually quite impressive because if you've ever tried to cast concrete, it's really hard, <laughs> it's really hard especially to try and get a face on there as well. Yeah. Like really difficult. It's hard to cast cast a square to be honest with you out of concrete. Yeah. But um. Yeah, so he made this stuff and I don't it made me think a lot. I saw that last week and it made me think a lot about people making art and they said, Oh yeah, Jerry's an outsider artist because Jerry didn't go to art school. But yeah. that, I mean ultimately like those that kind of institutional reinforcement yeah. it's just like a kind of dialogue that people put on stuff so that they can engage with it. Yeah, right. Because not everyone can engage with art like in a way that's kind of like instinctive or like from the heart or like mm. a soulful kind of way. And like um obviously I've gone down the institutional I think oh if I hadn't gone to art school would I still be making art and actually I probably would I don't know what it would look like or like if it would be any good do you know what I mean yeah. but um, yeah I probably would be doing something because um, I think it's a bit of an urge thing I mean obviously you shouldn't act on all urges do you know what I mean so that I'm just going to take that back actually it's not an urge at all I don't know what it is it's a, it's a strange thing it's a com- Compul- it's compulsion. It is, right it's got a compulsive element, yeah, definitely, yeah. and I can relate. I can relate to being a compulsive person, mm. so that makes a lot of sense why I do that. Mm. But I think, yeah, it kind of goes beyond it. But anyway, Jerry's Pompeii was really, really great, and um, I'm not sure because it brings up a lot of questions about kind of um, social aspects of like art making. He's made it in his house, and basically, the housing association want the flat back. Right because there's a housing crisis, which is like absolutely fair enough, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also like, then what do you do, do with, with this, this art? Yeah, this... Yeah. Well, it's a special thing. It's a lifelong kind of... Yeah, it's been, he spent like 30 years or something yeah, doing right. it. Yeah, Yeah. But it's like quite subversive as well, because he was a Republican. He came from like an Irish Catholic family, but he's obsessed with the British royal family. <laughs> so it's something really subversive about it. Like, mm. I mean, I'm not a massive royalist by any means, do you know what I mean? But I just think slightly difficult to look at for me because I'm not into the royal family. So mm. I was like looking at like, you know, looking at like Oliver Cromwell statues, do you know what I mean? It yeah. was making me feel a little bit sick, but it's, then it's also thinking- it's, it's hard to look at any obsession, don't you think? If anyone's obsessive about something. No, I like looking at obsessive stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like I'm really. It wasn't about. I think it was a subject matter that was like quite challenging for yeah. me to look at. Mm. But um, like the sort of institutional like, aristocracy kind of like, um, basically said spoke a lot about imperialism and colonialism to me, and um, yeah, it was kind of difficult to look at. But as things, they are so fucking extraordinary, mm. and the as a body of work. Like his love for them comes through so strongly, yeah, and just they're like there's some really ingenious ways that he's dealt with stuff. Mm. I just thought it was I was really super grateful to get to go and see it, to be honest with you. But it did really make me think about sort of social things about making art, and like especially when you're making inanimate objects because it's got to go somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something that you think will come through? It does it mean enough to you? social doesn't mean enough to you but do you think it's something that will come through in the work that kind of attention to the social side of of things or do you see it as no I don't think so because I think that I used to like there was when I like graduated I did this like little when I graduated from my degree I did I got given this prize from this place called the um John Laven Foundation which is in Peckham and they used to run this thing called the MFI group which was the mental furniture industry and it was like a few different graduates all together and they were like a really great bunch and we just used to talk about art and it was quite like social I was like a painter so it was like it was interesting Um, but yeah it was quite a social thing and I don't know I don't even though my work does sort of like engage it does sort of parts of it do engage like I do writing and make books and like distribution and all the rest of it I made pillows Mm. done like raffle or whatever um yeah it's I don't I do make paintings and I think that I don't make paintings that are like obviously kind of they're not like about social critique no right they're not about um you know socially you know inclusionary I've, I've got quite a lot of problems sometimes with the language that like social art is is um is uses yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 like in terms of like how how it deals with like a participant or how it deals with like a subject I find is quite sometimes can be a bit othering mm. you know yeah yeah 
yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's it's the legacy of language, though, I suppose. Like, sometimes the intention's good, but it just comes across a bit clunky. Yeah, yeah, problematic, for sure. Yeah, problematic. Like, even, like, outside of art, I've got a massive issue with. With, with just, just the term. Yeah. Yeah, be, yeah. It's hugely problematic. Well, it, yeah, because it it, 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 it it draws a line, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's like, you're, you, you're not with us. Yeah. You're with them. Yeah, because I really like a lot of artists that maybe didn't go to art school, yeah. maybe lived in institutions. But an artist, surely an artist is an artist that doesn't need to be... Uh, yeah. Because artists aren't called educated artists or like insider artists, are they? No. They're just called artists. So they'll be called an outsider artist. This feels... Just feels... Well, just, you're just an artist, aren't you? Yeah. It's just... But I think or that a, society's yeah. kind of strange. It has to put extra bits on things. People feel safe, I guess, don't they? Or safer to label something because they they know what it is. Then they can. Yeah, I think that there's all sorts of things. I mean, it's a real big conversation that it is. Yeah, it's, a, it's it like is. heavy. Yeah, conversation. that's a whole podcast worth. Yeah, about like how how we are socialised and um, how we're given labels from <laughs> yes. a really young age, we're made to go to school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that point, um, when we come up to the like, towards the end um, of these podcasts, I ask our wonderful guests, two questions. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought there was only one. <laughs> so the first, the first question is, um, which is, which is quite hard for a lot of people. Um, if you could swap seats with me and you could visit any artist in yeah. their studio, living or dead, yeah. who might that be? Um, and yeah, and what might, might, might you want to ask them? So I had to think about that one because yeah. I listened yeah. to the other shows, yeah. and um, which were very good. And then, um, so I actually couldn't decide between two people. That's fine. So I was thinking about because there's a lot of artists that I really like, mm. but you you know you don't necessarily want to go to their studio. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It might not be so interesting. Like never meet your heroes. Yeah, that's mm. what I worry about because yeah. I've got a bit of a habit of having my expect massive yeah. expectations of yeah. things being let down, like really <laughs> over the top. So, um, so I was thinking about that, and then it sort of really opened up this idea of like time travel for me. So that was a good thing. Mm. But I think, um, like maybe like Leonardo da Vinci, like quite classic nothing, but, but like absolutely fascinating because mm. it also didn't make that many paintings but did lots of other really cool stuff yeah and probably like loads of like experiments and stuff that i like the notebooks a lot i'd have a look mm. through the notebooks i'm yeah. really very into notebooks and like image text that yeah. would be really fascinating um and then also like one of my all-time heroes hilmar afklin obviously that would be really strange but would also feel i wouldn't don't know if i would feel comfortable going into her space as it's as it was such a kind of like important space to mm. make something in. Mm. But yeah, I think those two like just th to see what they were up to. Yeah, like they genuinely have processes that I'd be like, what would that be like to watch mm. or like to see? Yeah, and also I don't know. Yeah, I think those two. Yeah. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last question is. Um, has there been a bit of advice um, that someone has, has given you or something that someone has said that has stuck with you and kind of carried through and it doesn't it doesn't have to be in relation to the arts even mm. but just something that kind of sticks with you and that you um, yeah that you might think about a lot or something I don't know I think yeah I don't know I've, I feel like I've been really lucky in having I've had some people in my life that have just like totally altered the course of my life mm. in a, in a lot of ways, and um, and some of them are artists. You know what I mean? Whose like practices I yeah. really really admire, and um and I've had the opportunity to get to know. But I guess like I don't know, just like general stuff, like like just be true to yourself. I think it's really I think it's really difficult as people to like lose lose our way or like lose what's important, mm. and I think. There's got to be this kind of, yeah, the core relationship to ourselves is always the first relationship. And so if that's not there, then as artists, it's very difficult to make work, I yeah. think, or like work that's like honest and meaningful and like has integrity. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I would maybe say that. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
I think there's a lot of pressure in the arts, especially like, you know, as like disparities between like wealth things and like living and stuff is like going more and more extreme. And I think, I don't know, like I'm just really glad that I'm defiant and I like follow my instincts. Because yeah. maybe it would have been really different. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, there's probably a lot of opportunities, and it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to to give up and to not do it than it is to do it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think it is, and it. But it's also, I think there's quite a lot of pressure from the market because to like make a living or to have like yeah. this status or whatever. Because mm. it's alluring. Because that's the way it's designed. It's designed to be attractive. Mm. But then. Um, that doesn't always make people happy. It's not always good, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'd say. Words to live by. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks for having me on. No, that. it's all right. Well, the last, the last thing you can do is I was going to ask if you've got, if you've got anything you want to plug. You've already plugged the bookshop. Yeah, the bookshop that is given, <laughs> that is like, let me work for them yeah. for like years now. Yeah. yeah. Um, if there's anything, yeah, have you got anything coming up maybe? Or, um, yeah, anything or anyone yeah. you want to plug? Um, yeah, so I'll just, maybe I'll just plug, I've got a group show coming up. Yeah, plug it. Um, so it's a three-person show at Gazelle Art House, um, and that's going to be around mid-November. I'm not sure on the exact date yet, but um, it's called Multiverse, and um, I'm showing with two other artists, and that's what that's kind of what I've got coming up as definite. Yeah, great. And, um, and yeah... And if you're interested, feel free to ever come to one of my shows. I'd love to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for having me over. That was, yeah. That yeah, was, thank you for coming. It's all right. Really nice to have you and really nice to see you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope this, I hope we can get this podcast out um, before your show opens. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, it, if it's not, um, I'll put all the details in, in the notes bit and uh, so people can find out. Yeah. Where and when it is. That'll be amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Well thanks Francesca. That was that was so nice. Thanks. Good night. Good night. <laughs>